With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock Original Bel Air. Plus, the new movie Marry Me in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to the first game of the season podcast. I'm joined by Alex. Alex, how are you hey. doing? Hey, mate. Yeah, I'm all good. As I said before, I well, I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm happy about football, but I've uh, I've, I've trapped a nerve in my back, um, so I'm really struggling to to move about, and I'm really sort of conscious of how old I'm getting. How um, does one go about person. catching a nerve in their neck? How does that happen? I, I think it's a combination of extreme laziness and yeah. sort of just just aging, the aging process. The what the thing I'm interested to know is how do you what, how do you solve it? Um, it sounds so, like you, know. you need to get down the the Lewin Physiotherapy Center immediately. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get in the ice bath. And uh, this podcast has been sponsored by uh, Colin Lewin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like something back support or the walk-in bath. Maybe that's what we need. Yeah, I, I hate it, that like the the slight niggles, and now you have to take them seriously. You're not going. You're not going to walk these things off. No uh, anymore. No, no powerlifting for me. No powerlifting for you. Have you been managing to keep the timber off during lockdown? Yeah, I've done. Yeah, been all right actually. Been all right. I've been doing, I mean, I I make it sound like I'm a complete slob. I do, you know, do the bare minimum of exercise um, to sort of stay quite fit and healthy. But um, yeah, I've been all right. What about you? Uh, yeah, I got one of those uh, <laughs> those like Peloton bikes because oh, I was really? uh, yeah, well, I, I was just getting fat, man. It just it just because you go from doing ten thousand steps a day because you're running around the office and you know running around the city to doing nothing. I, I, and I, I knew that I needed to take action because I went out for a long walk just around Brooklyn 
And yeah. um, I like tweaked my hip, you know, <laughs> I was so, and I was really sore the next day, you know, I'm like, damn, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've managed to, I've managed to injure myself walking. This is quite serious. And I'd only not, you know, I'd, I'd been out the game for like six weeks at the gym. So I, yeah. I bought one of those bikes and you know, basically what that allows you to do is drink every day and not get fat. So that's, uh, that's good times oh, that's for me. Good. Oh, cool. yeah. No serious injuries yet either. Oh great! Glad to hear. It. I mean, maybe I'll uh, I'll look into getting one. They look a bit um, they, uh, they, have, they look a bit American. If that's a I don't know. That, not I don't mean that pejoratively, but just they're, I don't know. I don't, no, I don't like the idea of someone shouting at me in a sort of uh, enthusiastic way while I'm exercising. I just like to keep myself to myself. Ah, you know, I, I need it though. The, you go on those these little mountain bike runs, and you're in Chile or wherever, and then you've got this Olympic athlete calling you weak. I'm feeble. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I need, man. I just need. Oh, that's not, that's definitely not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, or people that are fit and looking raring to go, definitely the Arsenal team. Um, let's, uh, let's get, let's get right into it. What did you think about yesterday? How, how are you feeling? Oh, I mean, it's fantastic. It was, um, a great, a great game, great performance and a really good result. I saw, I've seen some people saying that, you know, oh, it's only Fulham and, I, you know, that's understandable in a way. They've just been promoted. But actually, I thought Fulham were pretty good value in the first half. And I thought what was interesting uh, going in at half time was it felt a lot closer than it, it should be. And I thought they set up quite well tactically um, to block, you know, very consciously to block off uh, the passing channel down the left from Kieran Tierney to, to Aubameyang. And I think we actually were frustrated quite a lot in the first half um, and unable to sort of do our, our, our trademark uh, move. Um, so I think coming through that was, was good. And then obviously we, we turned up a notch in the second half um, with the two extra goals. So, I mean, yeah, overall, we're really happy with it. I think it's, um, I think we've def- it definitely feels like we've got momentum from the end of last season and, and the beginning of this one. Um, and you, you see sort of people who aren't necessarily Arsenal fans or close to the club acknowledging that as well. And I think your blog, you talked about like, you know, comments from Rio Ferdinand and it was interesting, the guys on BT Sport, what they were. They were, they were, they were really excited. Yeah. And it's been a while, you know, watching match today that, that Arsenal, you know, never came in for praise for how they performed defensively or, you know, how they operated as a, as a team. But, um, that, they're starting to be recognised for that, and I think I think that um, that's not a coincidence. That's because uh, we we have a clear plan in place. Yeah, I I, I can't have it was only Fulham. I'm sorry, I've seen us mm. lose. I've I've seen us lose opening games against Aston Villa in the past. You know, we've watched yep. Watford. Um, you know, have 30 shots against us away from home, uh, and, and you know we got beaten by Aston Villa and nearly lost. To, I've just uh, just seen Everton scored number two. Superb! Oh, brilliant! Oh no, they brilliant. didn't. It was just a it was just a replay. <laughs> oh, I was just like, come on, finish it out, Everton. Um, yeah, yeah. So to, for us to go into the first game of the season, you know, this isn't a team known for focus, and you know, we nearly fucked up in the opening five minutes when Gabriel ghosted that pass from Maitland Niles. So, you know, we should be beating teams like Fulham. But what I loved about the day is it was generally a no-fuss affair. You know, there were were no terrible moments. 
I think they had Fulham had two shots on target all game. Nothing really bothered the keeper, and everything um, everything moved on a little bit. You know, we're still yeah. way off the, the finished product. But what I like about um, what we're seeing is that every player looked like they wanted to be there. Um, yeah. Everybody knew what their role was, and even the subs coming on. Um, Looked fired up. Nicholas Pepe came on and he looked like he wanted to make a point. You know, he's been relegated to the bench. He's a £72 million pound player. Well, yeah, he's got a very good player vying um, for his position as well. So I think, you know, a bit of competition with him uh, might, you know, might be a good thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, look, you know, definitely looked fired up. And there was obviously that moment in the, the, the warm up beforehand with Sabios and Eddie getting into it, which again is sort of, I think, I think. To be fair to Eddie, I, th- I, c- I kind of understand like, someone flying into a tackle into you just five minutes before the game starts. I wouldn't be too happy about it. But in a way, it's it's kind of nice that they're... And, and again, I think that was echoed in comments by Elneny afterwards that just the, the whole aura and sort of attitude around the training ground and around the club at the moment is is a lot more competitive. And Elneny was saying, you know, even the kit man, which, you know, might be a bit... Um, if I probably, but you know, it has to give a hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think it's just a really interesting contrast, not just between, uh, you know, where the club was back in October and under Emery, where it just seemed, you know, so felt so deflated, but also the last couple of years of Wenger, where you know, for all his qualities, it it felt like a bit of a, uh, I don't know, maybe a holiday, a bit of a, lazy, a, bit of a yeah, lazy boy utopia. Yeah, yeah. Where you could you could kind of uh, come in and just just have a laugh, and it was the, the culture wasn't focused on on winning. So, I, you know, we've talked about it before, but it definitely feels like that is uh, a, you know a, a key ingredient in terms of uh, how we're doing at the moment. Yeah, I I, I, I like the, the I like the little handbags incident at the start of the game. I've been indulging in All or Nothing, the Spurs documentary. And oh, yeah. yeah, I've almost found myself liking Joseph, um, Jose. No, Jose. <laughs> um, I've almost found myself like uh, quite, quite liking him. Um, but his overall view of Spurs over and over again, he repeats, you know, you, th- these boys are too nice. These boys are too nice. So to see, um, a little bit of fight from a team which has struggled yeah. with a reputation for being soft for the best part of 15 years now was. Uh, you know, it, it was great, and they made up after the end of the game. I think Rio Ferdinand also said, "Look, this is this sort of thing happens three, four times a week at a training ground. It's nothing to worry about." Yeah, I mean, imagine playing with Roy Keane. He probably it probably happened three or four times a day. Probably happens queuing up for your dinner. Um, <laughs> right? Okay, so that's um, that, that that's the the first part. We're going to get a little bit more in depth in the game uh, when we come back in part two. And we're back. So, uh, Alex, um, let's talk about the setup. You are uh, a little bit sharper when it comes to tactical setups uh, than I am. But for me, it looked like uh, quite a lot of defenders, quite a conservative lineup. And I'm pretty sure that if Unai Emery had rolled away to Fulham with that many defenders on the pitch, there would have been um, some spilled guts on the internet. So, what did um, what did you make up? With, uh, what did you make of the way that we set up, and you know, the the, the way that we executed the plan. What did you think? Well, I mean, it was yeah, it was a it was a very different uh, five at the back from the five at the back we've seen with Emery uh, because a, a lot of those uh, a lot of players have license to to move forward and but but do it with purpose and with clarity about where they should go. So I think um, 
you know, it, it wasn't surprising. It's the, it's the formation that's worked for us for the last couple of months, and we've beaten some really good teams using it. Um, and it was great. I just think it was great to see, you know, like, I think it was highlighted on BT or, uh, yeah, I think he, by, by Rio, for example, Ainsley Maitland-Niles playing as a, a wing-back, but not... On the, more on the back. left as well, more on the left. Yeah, on the left, but not just drifting up the wing. He was drifting inside to play in a sort of advanced midfield role. Um, which, if you're trying to defend against, must have been absolutely uh, quite disorientating. And then you had your left centre-back, Kieran Tierney, drifting up to become a left winger. So there were all these kind of sort of intentional patterns and movements going on that were, that were happening over and over again. And it reminded me, watching yesterday, it sort of reminded me of... Um, remember when Arteta first came in and he talked about automatisms and just if you, like when you go to, I can go to the cupboard and get a glass if, if I sort of know it's there already and it's, I can do it more quickly if I already know it's there. Yeah. And this sort of instinctive passing, knowing your teammate's going to be there. And it just felt, despite despite those, those um, you know, slight variations in terms of where, you know, players are taking up space, it just, it still just felt so fluid and automatic and play, it, players just know where they're going to be. They, like, when, when they've got the ball and when they don't, have the ball they they know where they need to cover and the spaces they need to occupy so i just um i'm not the, the thing that still came through to me I, so i think I'm, I'm not really worried about that that formation because there, there's so much movement and you watch um i think was it the first goal lacazette or maybe a bamiang's goal you watch how many how many players are running into the box when when he takes a shot there's about five so there's just so much um, there's so much clever movement going on that we just never saw under Emery and not really under Wenger towards the end. The thing that still worries me about the midfield is we don't yet have the players to um, sort of who can progress the ball forward um, or you know I mean it's it's well well documented or you know have that sort of creative spark. So I think obviously Fulham's midfield yesterday wasn't wasn't the best one we're going to face, and I th- still think it's an area we're lacking, and it means at the moment. That we basically only have that one that one formation um, to suffice, and I I think as I as I said at the start, I think Fulham actually, to be fair to them, worked out our, our game plan in the first half, which is get the ball to Aubameyang in space. Um, they just aren't quite good enough to to you know to have a plan in place and have the players to to deliver it for ninety minutes to to stop us doing that. But there will be better teams who can. So I still, I still think we we definitely need to make signings. We need to have some just so we can have some tactical flexibility for the season. Yeah, it's quite quite an interesting point. I, I think the I, I feel like the way that we set up yesterday is probably basically going to be how we're going to set up for most of the season. Because to your point, we're trying to play this more cognitive style of football where everybody understands the patterns um, and, and and the various triggers that set off um, you know little tactics within the game. I think that signing OR or Thomas Partey isn't going to just, we're not just going to like rip everything up. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I thought that, um, I think it's very interesting that, you, you know, Emery and Arteta are executing similar, similar ideas, but one's doing them well and one's doing them really badly. I thought, yeah. um, I, I, I thought that we looked structured again yesterday. I thought that, you know, we looked disciplined. And what I like about um, this Arsenal team is they don't panic. 
Um, mm. You know, like there's a there's a real sort of trust in the system in the process that if they just keep on doing the same things over and over again, something yeah. will come and uh, opportunities will present themselves. So a, a big part of the concern uh, of Arsenal last season was that you know, we don't really have midfielders that can play balls into the box. I was looking at some of the statistics um, after the game. Jacka played one ball into into the opposition penalty area. And Mo Elneny didn't manage a single one. And I think that that was a, a bit of a hangover from last season. Like most of our balls into the box come from wide areas. And you yeah. know, we've gone from a club with a, um, an excess of number 10s to a club that doesn't have anybody. Um, mm. So one of the solves that, that, that we've looked to in the transfer window has been to bring in William. And William is uh, 32 years old. He's costing us 250 grand a week. Um, what did you think of what did you think of the debut of uh, of the Brazilian? Oh, I mean, he's um, it, uh, yeah, really, obviously, really impressive. Although Mkhitaryan did get a hat trick on a hat trick of assists on his debut, so we just need to be there's need a cause to temper to that. There. Yeah, need to but, temper um, the Kier yeah. apology. <laughs> yeah, but but having said that, William is, um, and I, I need to remember what we said about him when we signed him. I think you know it does feel like we there was. Something strange about the transfer, and perhaps we overpaid, but there was it was never in doubt that he's a really, really good player. And I, like, I remember what when I think it was Chelsea at home back in December went to that game, and and a couple of games before that this season, uh, last season, the season before, he's always been for me their best player along with Kante, like the standout player on the pitch for them when we've played them. So really thinking about it, getting him for free is is quite a steal. Even if we potentially have, you know, overpaid, and I think that was repaid yesterday. You know, he obviously was um, played really well, um, especially given I think he hasn't played for a while. Got the assist, but it's it's just got the assist, hit the post, hit the post. But he's a guy who's Premier League ready, so he doesn't, you know, he he can slot right in. He knows the the teams he's playing, he knows the pace of the league, um, and he's a, he's another sort of maybe not a leader in the same, you know, as, as vocal, but, you know, leading by example um, in terms of his performance and the work rate um, he has, because I, I imagine he's exactly the kind of player Arteta likes because he's um, versatile. He can play in lots of positions and he works really, really hard as well as being technically great. So, yeah, I mean, he looked great yesterday. And and again, as, he, as we sort of said, you know, some competition for Pepe will be, will be nice. I do kind of wonder... You know, if we sign another midfielder or two, and we maybe move to four three three, what you know, what formation will will we end up with? Aubameyang through the middle with William and uh, Pepe either side. I don't know. It could be. Um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, he was. Um, he was really impressive. He's just a. He's just a top professional, isn't he? He's just mm. a top professional. Yeah. He's come in. He's done a job. Um, he gives us um, ambition in the final third that, that we've lacked. Um, he's still explosive over short distances and it seems that everybody at the club really likes him so far. I saw the Obama Yang video after of uh, trying to trying to photobomb him into an Instagram story. So I think I think that that was um that was that, that was a really positive debut. So um yeah. talking of additional debuts uh, keeping with that samba vibe uh it I was shocked to see Gabriel in the starting eleven. I didn't think yeah. that he would start him so soon. Guy hasn't played football for over six months, but I mean, my word, did he come in and look good? Um, he's he's a he's a huge specimen. 
um, at six foot three. Like he looks completely built for the league. Um, he's opening 10 minutes. He looks shocking. Uh, made some <laughs> terrible passes. Looked like he didn't really want the ball. But as uh, as he started to get his touch back, um, he, he started to look great. He doesn't go down easily. Um, he stands players up, brilliant in the air. And um, he got a goal, bullet header from one yard. Yeah, man, I'm super excited to talk about uh, talk about Gabriel. I thought he was. Yeah, there was that that moment of panic <laughs> with, with, right at the start where he sort of miss. Well, didn't misread the pass, but thought Leno was coming for it. And you could just imagine if that had led to a goal, how that might have um, sort of shaken his confidence for the you know for the rest of the game and and not been a great start for him. But luckily, it, it sort of it, it you know he got he got lucky. But then after that, he really grew into the game, and I was I was so impressed by by him. Um, again, the caveat is, you know, he's going to play better, better attackers than the ones he played yesterday. But he, his passing's really good. He's he's quite one-footed, like a lot of left-foot passing. But he he's able to find players quite well. Ninety ninety-five percent pass completion rate. Oh, One hundred and seven passes. And Fulham actually had quite a good press in the first half as well. So that is that is quite impressive. Also, I think he had also two sort of moments where he had one-on-ones with with attackers, and he was just so aggressive and so dominant in those and, and one that you know won the ball back cleanly his headings obviously brilliant um because he you know he, and he scored a header which is great but i didn't think I, I just loved the and i think sleeve was actually taller than him as well um and it got me thinking about i mean there was two things i sort of observed so he's got this sort of physical aggression and quickness in the same way that kieran tierney has that just puts him a sort of level above a lot of our defenders at the moment, like his speed and the, the ability to win the ball back quickly and tackle um, is, is really, really, it's almost like another level um, that, you, you know, certainly, you know, holding and some of those other guys don't have. But the other thing I love is um, we, we, we're building a tall team now and I, I can't remember who it was. Um, so one, one ex player is a pundit now. He said, when you used to, Stand up line when you used to play Arsenal. You used to line up against the Invincibles in the tunnel at Highbury, and you just look over at them. And they were massive. <laughs> Not only really big, but really, you know, really powerful, really quick. And that, the thing you've been talking about since 2006, teams with pace and power and pace, you know, how important PMP is. The profile of the, the players we're bringing in, I think he's a he's an intelligent defender, but he's he's a big guy and he's powerful. And I, I just think that, that is actually really uh, that is going to be so important. And if, if Saliba's got the same kind of physical and technical profile, then I, I, I think it's... And then if you, you can imagine bringing in someone like Thomas Partey as well, imagine lining up against that team. You know, you've got Partey and Gabriel and William and Aubameyang. They're real. And, and Ainsley as well. And, and actually, Jack, I know he's slow, but he's, he's quite a big guy. That's a pretty... Um, a pretty pretty uh, scary looking yeah it's um i think that they've got a nice they they complement each other nicely potentially like saliba's a little bit better on the ball Mm. and um also good at one-on-ones but having two six foot two plus defenders um arsenal i mean just just makes a change like wenger used to sign people like thomas vermal and you'd have to go through the process of being told that he had a tremendous leap and it wasn't really true um, so to to see a player um, like Gabriel come into the, the to, to the club and 
pick up the pace straight away and, and drop such an impressive performance after a shaky start is is certainly really exciting. I mean, I think uh, his stats read one goal, three clearances, two tackles, yeah. um, five of eight duels won, and ninety yeah. and and the highest pass completion rate um, on the pitch. Um, you know, it's not like he was making sub forty passes. This is one hundred and seven passes that he made. So yeah. So that was um, that was really exciting, and you know, just just on the topic of the defence overall, um, I thought Kieran Tierney was superb again. I mean, like we've got to keep him fit at all costs this season. He's just first name on the team sheet for me. Yeah. But uh, an unexpected, um, an unexpectedly positive game came from Hector Bellerin. He certainly didn't look like a player who's thinking about PSG um, at the moment. He uh, yeah. he was very positive going forward. You know, everybody knows that Hector Bellerin has had problems with his final ball um, over the years, but I thought that he looked every inch uh, a, a modern a modern fullback. Um, he had a ninety percent pass completion rate, um, two successful crosses, one key mm. pass. Um, you know, he, he took on a couple of players. Uh, you know, obviously high on confidence after Megan Mane in the week, but. <laughs> Like the the question is, you know, would you would you sell him with form like that? You know, he's he's put new signing Suarez, you know, yeah. back left back at Colney. Yeah, I I to me, I didn't actually notice. I mean, I obviously noticed he was playing, but I did, he didn't sort of stand out for me. But I think he was, he was get. I, he he's obviously sort of getting back to his 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 best, um, sort of pre injury best, which is really good. And I I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a result of you know about the 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 charisma or the leadership of Arteta that even players who might be sold are still fighting um, and you know giving giving a hundred percent for the team, which you know uh, was certainly not the case previously. I don't on on the Suarez thing. I don't. I'm still reserving judgment on him. I know like the circumstances in which we signed him were not great, but I don't. I just don't think I've seen enough of him to. Know he's if he's completely bobbins or not. Well, and he's then, he's a new signing and he's not mm. even making the bench. That's not he, was, not a glowing endorsement. Was he, was he not injured or anything? He didn't even get on the bench. No, I don't think he was injured. Oh, well, it was, Arteta certainly didn't say that he was injured in the pre-match press conference. Oh, that is pretty. That is interesting. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, um, but hey, Vinay said that Arsenal don't sign players based on. Scout um, agent recommendations, so we should just believe that. Well, how much do you think? I mean, just to go off on a tangent, do you think? I mean, do you think the, there was an element before that Arteta and Edu and Vinay that they were they knew Raul was the main man, so they just sort of went along with his his capers, and now that he's gone, they can uh, sort of reverse some of the the things he did. Or do you think they were? But sort of active in those decisions as well. I, know, I, 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 I have no idea, but I, did did you look at the squad in January and say, Do you know what we need? We need to pick up Cedric Suarez, who Southampton think is going to go to a lower league club because we're desperate for a right back, despite having Hector Bellerin and uh, Ainsley fit. Mm. Either, is, either yeah. way, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the past, but I did think it was quite interesting that, um, that he didn't even make the bench yesterday. So, yeah, no, that is. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I didn't notice that. I, I think that is a good point. I, on Bellerin, if we, you know, happy to sell him, I think you know, actually, you kind of think we, we've, we. It feels like we've got really good 
cover at left and right back with with Suarez and Maitland-Niles who can play both sides, and then you've got Tierney and, and Bellerin as well. I, to be honest, I've reserved. It, it would depend on the offer because if if a set, selling him would enable us to get out or out. God, it's embarrassing. So, or and party, and then maybe Edward as well. Odd, God, he's having a nightmare. Edward, Edward. Um, then you would have to entertain it, wouldn't you? Like I didn't want Emmy Martinez. Oh, we'll come on to that. But you know, yeah, I, we'll I, talk I about like the transfers him. after. But, but yeah, I agree. Okay. Like if if a big offer comes in, then you accept it. But um, it, yeah. you you have to say we've gone from an absolute joke of a defense. To not really changing much, to having now a defence that you look at and you say, "Wow, this is potentially one of the best defences in the league." We've got two generational centre backs coming through: Tierney, Hector Bellerin, Maitland-Niles, mm. and Saka, who you know didn't yeah. even make the starting lineup. I mean, it's it's um, it's great to look at the team and go, "We are building from the back, and it looks pretty yeah. good." Can um, you imagine? I was, so I was just going to say, and again, I guess it's maybe for the transfer. Bit section, but can you imagine that moment next summer? What a big summer next summer is going to be! Like all those sort of turkey signings we made, um, you know, were they sort of Gazidis or you know the Mustafi and um, dying, like dying days, Steve Rowley, uh, Arsene Wenger. Yeah, um, although they're all all those contracts coming to an end next summer, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. I think. um, Well, you know. Meza Ozil will be finished next year. Um, Kalasanak could be finished next year. Mustafi um, mm. will be out the door as well. Um, I don't. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Granite Jacker get a new deal. To be perfectly honest. Um, really, I well, don't know about that. Well, let, yeah, I guess let's see where the midfield summer goes. But he appears very favoured. Um, one I, one player that I, I did want to talk about, yeah. Mo Drick. Hey, yeah. hey. Mo Pirlo. Pirlo? Come on. Too far? Really? Too far? Mo Elneny had a good game yesterday and he's been excellent so far. Um, I know that he's not the future, but he's a he's a very solid squad player. Comes in, smile mm. on his face, moves the ball around, um, understands his role. Uh, you know, I think he had 94% pass completion rate. Uh, most of his passes are short. He just likes to progress the ball forward. Um, and he knows that uh, Jacker is the main man when it comes to the the more Hollywood style passes. He didn't even attempt that, but he, he had a, he had another good game. And people say, yeah, yeah, but it was against Fulham. No, he did it against Liverpool. It's true. It's true. He look, he's he's better, probably better than everyone gave him credit for. But that's pretty true for most of the team. And um, he was yeah, he was really good yesterday. And as I said, like I the thing I'm I'm never that enamoured by him because I think he he's a very play it safe kind of player. And like, just keep the ball ticking over, and you got, like, we we don't really need <laughs> need that. Um, we need people who are careful in possession and are good on the ball. But you you need to be good on the ball while also progressing the ball forward, um, which I, I just don't haven't really ever seen enough of him to do. I think if he can, and I think it's something Arteta actually said that he wants to see more of that from him. And I think if he can do that, you know, maybe he could be a good a good sort of squad player because the, the thing he does have is the absolutely the right attitude and the sort of non-negotiable stuff, um, which means he's getting games while uh, other midfielders aren't. So yeah, fair play to him. And yeah, he seems like a great guy. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I would be worried going into the season if he was a st- starting in our midfield though. 
Yeah, same here. I mean, I think he's a good squad player, and you know, he can take some pressure off uh, of tired legs when you're playing in a, um, you know, a Carling Cup sort of game. But I don't think you want to be seeing a, a double pivot of El Nini and Jacker taking you to the yeah. Champions League. But at least it's solid, and at least the, yeah. the system is yeah. built to not expose them. Um, yeah, so. and, and if if anything, you know, playing what all he's doing now is increasing his value. So if he stays and is a squad player, I think he'd be good. But if we, you know, we could probably get a bit more money for him based on the performances he's putting in because he's he's looking good. Yeah, definitely a lot of players have been shop windowed. So mm. um, before we move on to the exciting topic of transfers, uh, Alex Lacazette turns up with a goal. Um, had a, a fairly good game by the numbers, but um, I, I'm still not particularly mm. sure about him. And Aubameyang scored an absolute screamer. Um, you know. Yeah, a familiar, almost trademark goal now, where we created an overload and released him yeah. on the left for him to smash home. Um, what did you, what would you make of Alex Lacazette? The body language, the press conferences. A week. Uh, do you think Arteta is convinced, or do you see him exiting the building? I I saw someone say yesterday that Lacazette's the only guy who could score a goal and still drop a two out of ten performance. <laughs> and I think so I true. Think, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a bit harsh. He wasn't. He's probably got two out of ten, but he wasn't like you could imagine the kind of player we could have leading the line. And I just there's so much to like about him, and he seems like like he's a very good, technically good footballer, and you know it would be great for a lot of teams. I just don't think the money we're spending on him and the, the amount of money costs we're getting the right return. And I, if we could cash in on him, and I know it's. I can understand why he's feeling despondent about it. Um, you know, he's he's actually starting to play well and he's in a team that's, you know, got on a good trajectory. But if we could cash in for, you know, I I'll confess I haven't seen much of Edward, but there's a lot of hype around him and he's younger and sounds like he has more potential, then that would be I think that would be a good option, especially if we can make some money. If he could be part of, you know, part exchange deal with party i know he he doesn't want to do that but again that would be i think that would be good for arsenal it might not be what what he wants but i just i just don't see enough like i never thought he's he's had had enough pace or he's had he has enough strength he's a great like striker of the ball and he's really good in the penalty area but he's not he's not a sort of I don't know. Like, in, he's yeah. not a guy to lead the line, really. I I, he, I agree. You, I don't want to keep on being a a, a fucking size merchant over here but if if you are to be a to be a great premier league striker you need to be um tall and dominant um you know kind of like robin van persie was a very was a tall striker also explosive adebayor tall striker explosive omri the same or you can be short but you need to have so much power and pace right yeah aguero he gets away with being short because he's incredibly fast and aggressive um, uh, Luis Suarez, he's short, but like he's a a, a fucking monster. Yeah. Um, Alex Lacazette is short and he's not particularly fast, and he gets eaten mm. up um, quite often. I mean, he's still a great goal scorer. I just think he'd probably yeah. be. Uh, I, I think he'd do a great job in Spain. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he would. I wonder why he's. I wonder why he doesn't want to. You know, I, I guess he's starting to feel the love and feel like he. You know he's in the right team. I mean, maybe again, it's a sign of wanting to play with this this manager who there seems to be a lot of hype around. You know, players love projects, to... good projects, yeah. right? It's, yeah, yeah. We're part of an exciting project in Europe yeah. now, and everyone can see that. I guess you know, a lot of players don't want to go. 
Yeah. Um, on the on the on the um Aubameyang goal, just say, I mean, it first of all it's crazy. It's like a carbon copy of the goal against Liverpool in the Community Shield, which is and the one shows, against City. Yeah, yeah, which I think shows, um, first of all, how well how clear Arteta's plans are and how well the players are able to execute them. It it also shows that we don't <laughs> we've only got like one move. We've only so got one move, one move. Yeah. Um, but oh, that and the the press pressing goalkeepers. That's the other thing we're good at. But no, no, but there are obviously more things. But it, but it was, I think it's it's great that it's working. But the, the thing I love is you know when he was when he was sort of he cut inside to take it. It was like you know back in the day with Henri, where it's like you just know he's going to score. Like it was never in doubt. When he when he cuts inside, it's like it's, that's a goal, like hundred percent. And yeah, when Thierry having, used to have a half chance, you used to think it was you, you got so used to it, you think yeah. half chances were proper chances. You know, you know, it's rolling in the bottom bottom corner, like yeah. right in the corner with Omri. You just you just knew it, and it's and having a player like that again. I mean, Van Persie was at that level, but just probably never consistent enough, and wasn't fit enough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, sorry, fit. He was consistent, but he was never playing for long enough to do it, but. With on in it was a type of goal that Omri scored, and Abamyang is sort of making that you know curler into the the top right his sort of trademark as well. So, oh, it's just, it's just very exciting. And you know, when you're talking about um, that particular goal and that particular move, I, I, I draw like parallels between American sport um, and the the Premier League. Like, I think that you know, I don't think we'll you know get sussed. I think that Arteta is building a series of attacking plays that are set off by certain triggers that happen mm. on the pitch. I think um, I was watching the Liverpool uh, Leeds game yesterday, like brilliant performance yeah. by Leeds. They're such an exciting, fun team to watch. And the commentators said that, you know, like Bielsa often identified the best places to concede a throw in against the mm. team because he knew that the you know the opposition was shit from throw-ins and Liverpool actually conceded from a bad throw-in yesterday. So yeah. it's like all, all of these potential triggers that you see result in an action. So I'm almost looking at like the the NFL playbooks and you know we we've got a we've got a great out the back play at the moment and it is so interesting to me that uh you know you remember that goal when we we nearly like, Petacek had to like play it out for a corner unfair yeah. because it was very early on in the season and he wasn't a great goalkeeper with the ball at his feet but we were terrible out the back yeah. under Emery and he didn't solve it and he eventually gave up and it's yeah. nice to see that you know with a, a an actual plan not just play it out the back here's the structure here's how you move here's how you create space um, and here's why we're doing it you can have a plan but you also need to be able to execute it and it wasn't even the personnel is just, don't you remember? I remember watching, you know, trying to play out of the back and it would be like the goalkeeper and the three defenders and the midfielders would be standing on the halfway line. And you're like, well, this is, this is madness. Like the distances don't work and don't make it feasible. Whereas now it's that, again, the, the automatism. So, you know, when you receive the ball in, you know, in a tight space, there'll be a guy available for you, like to, as an option. And it just, they that comes back to that cohesiveness and playing as a team and it that's just I mean it, it sounds sort of basic when you when you explain it but it's it's obviously can't be that easy because not every team can do it I really am getting completely carried away with Arteta but I just think it's but I, um, I think you're right you know the the interesting thing yesterday um everybody yeah. was on uh Burnt Leno watch yesterday he yeah. had a hundred percent pass completion rate yesterday and he didn't play one long ball 
There wasn't really? one. There wasn't one long pass um, that he yeah. made all game. That the furthest he passed was about you know twenty five yards outside um, outside of his area. So you know he he slipped right back into you know we've not lost a, a beat by shipping out um, Martinez, but it's um. It's interesting. I mean, I, I wonder, like, you know, you get a lot of luck with a certain tactic for a while and then people mm. counter that tactic. But the, you know, the interesting thing and the selling point of Mikel Arteta is he, um, he's an innovative coach. He's, he's going to yeah. be on the lookout for that. He's not going to be caught out. You know, like I feel like Brendan Rodgers can be a bit of a one-trick pony. And yeah, I yeah. think that he got sussed in the back half of the season. And it's like, you know, how is he going to involve, evolve his thinking? But Arteta will always be bringing new stuff to the table, and we're just at the start of this journey, right? It yeah, takes yeah. a year, eighteen months for the to get the right players and to get all of the ideas built in, and we've also got all these new coaches. But it was certainly an exciting day yesterday because it was just no fuss, no bother, mm. it's a shit team, and we smashed them. No injuries, no red cards. No. Um, well, so I mean, maybe Jackie got injured, but yeah. So let's get um, let's get on to the to the hot topic. We all love it's transfers. I bloody love transfers. Um, so lot not a bit bit of a slow week last week, but I, I think that we're gonna start to see a bit of pickup. Um I think people in the game um think that the, the last week is gonna be very he- Harry Redknapp focused. Um mm. there's gonna be, you know, Edu came out last week and he said a lot of swap deals, a lot of like, you know, weird financial structures that people are offering. And um, there'll be a lot of movement coming up. It's been complicated so far. But today, um, we say goodbye to Emi Martinez. He goes to Aston uh, Villa for a reported £20 million, which is not bad for a player who played, what, what six league games last season? Yeah, I mean, it's again, we sort of touched on it. It's, it's very sad in the sense that he, he, I thought he was brilliant like, when he came in. And a little part of me was sort of would have been happy if he had stayed and Leno had gone for perhaps a bit more. But... You know, twenty. If you really take a step back, twenty million pounds for your reserve goalkeeper Phenomenal. is is amazing, and that that hopefully feels like that could allow us to go and get one of Aor or, or our God. Oh, this oh, wow. is so all embarrassing. Oh, wow. sorry, oh, wow. sorry. Um, uh, go, go and get either him or, or Party. Um, so again, yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it's not it's not great to lose. It's not nice to lose players that you like, but. It's, it's sort of needed and it's it's a good luxury to have, I suppose. Yeah, and I think when I'm, I, I first started writing about Arteta, a lot of people were saying, you know, why is he why is he putting Mustafi in a team? Why is he putting Kalasanak in a team? And it's like, if you've got a bag of shit, probably the best thing that you can do is coach them and make them not look like a bag of shit. And yeah. prime example there, like Emi Martinez was phenomenal. I love him. I think he's a great goalkeeper. Um, I, I, brilliant with the ball at his feet, a, a catcher, um, you know, exudes mm. confidence and calmness with the defense. But he could he could go to Aston Villa and be completely shit, um, you know, yeah. when he doesn't have the same sort of defense or one thing goes badly wrong. I hope that that isn't the case. But the reality is, um, when you're a team like Arsenal that finished eighth, you can't really afford the luxury of two brilliant goalkeepers if people no. are offering you money for one of them. So yeah. Emi Martinez gets uh, goes from ten grand to sixty k a week. Good for him. Not bad at twenty seven years old. Um, and was, it, was he only on ten a week? Yeah, man, he's uh, oh, on ten, ten grand a week. So yeah. um, and part of the problem was that he wouldn't sign a new deal. Yeah. So well, that, I, I think I think this works out. Like as long as the money goes on 
Owa or Partey. I don't, I don't want to be investing you know, 10 million in that Brentford goalkeeper. No. Nah. Like, although, although, did I send you that video of him practicing his goal kit? Yeah. Oh, that was sexy. Yeah, but then you have to juxtapose that against the absolutely horrendous error he made in the playoff final. Uh, like, it really okay. was a, like, a, you know, a 40 yard goal kick that he completely. Um, he was completely out of position for. So I, I don't know. No, like, if, if if the Arsenal goalkeeping uh, coaches are happy with him, great. But I just don't want. I just don't think we should be blowing <laughs> a huge amount of money on a replacement. But yeah, um, I, I think that I, I'm I'm hoping that we're going to start to see a bit of movement this week well, because I was I was going to say so. Well, so so I was just looking at the Arsenal squad now. So I was going to ask. If I ask, I was going to ask you who you think might stay and who might go. Well, any... with uh, oh, like my uh, my intel on you know, it's, it's just to set the the tone here. All of these people that pretend that they have inside information on transfers, like it's really really difficult. Even when you've got inside information on transfers, things change at the drop of a hat. Uh, yeah. like I, I really wouldn't want to be uh, a David Ornstein or a Fabrizio Romano because, uh, you know, they're like, you you lied about this, you made it up. And it's like, no, things just change. Things just change really, really fast. So it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen in transfers because people at the clubs don't even know what's going to happen. Like, thing, yeah. you know, they've got, they'll they'll have three spinning plates and, and one will drop and then they'll, they'll go for it. But I think uh, players that are, are going to stay, I, I'm really hoping that Maitland-Niles stays. But if someone comes yeah. in with a big bid for him, you know, you never know. Um, I th- Rob Holding is clearly going to say. Um, it sounds like uh, you know, sounds like Rob Holding asked to go because Arteta yeah. said, you know, I said to Rob Holding, you're not going anywhere. You wanted first team football, you're getting first team football. Um, mm. So I think I think that that's a, a nice turnaround story because his confidence was shot after his injury. So that's good news. Um, I suspect that, well, it, it, not suspect, we know Arsenal were absolutely desperate to move Gwendozion. Like he is, yeah. he is, uh, he's dead man walking at the club. Um, Kalasanak sounds like he's had three or four meetings with Schalke. I, yeah. I wonder if Schalke looked at the Mkhitaryan deal and uh, the, Soc- the Socrates, Socrates deal and said, you should ask for a free transfer and then we'll give you a little bit extra money. So I'm waiting to see whether that happens, but getting yeah. 120 grand off the wage bill will be huge for us. Um, mm. Torreira is going back to Italy. Sounds like um, Tor- uh, Torino is going to be the likely destination. Yeah. He's, his old manager from Sampdoria um, is is at Torino and they've got a bit more cash. They want to offer 24 million euros up front. It's a loss, yeah. but in this market, I think that's good cash. Yeah, yeah. No, 20 million up front. Um, 24 million. They want to play cash. I don't know whether it's up front, but they don't. Then Torino are offering um a transfer fee versus a loan fee that then converts into a transfer fee. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so that'd be yeah. good. And look, Torreira's not a bad player. I just don't think he's suited to you know no. a, a Premier League. You know, I don't think you can be that short unless you're Kante. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I then I think that I, I think that. There is there is always the possibility that PSG come in with a thirty five million pound bid for Hector Bellerin, and I, I suspect that we might say yes. And yeah. I think the the other player that I'm looking at as a for a potential exit is Mustafi because really? he's been good for us, and I don't think that there is space for him if we keep. Wait, in... I was going to see. This is the thing I was going to say. I'm looking at the squad. So if you, even if you sell, so you saying you think Kalasinac. And 
Socrates will go. Socrates will definitely go, yeah. So we've got that means we've got Saliba, Gabriel, Holding, Mustafi, Chambers, Murray, Louis. We've still got seven centre backs. Yeah, I I I I think that um I, I, I think Chambers is a is a prime target for leaving. I'm just he's coming back from a serious injury, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that is um if that's a loan that converts yeah. to a transfer. I and mean, yeah. also remember um, Chambers was playing. Yeah, you know, he was. He, he was, was, and he was playing well um, right at yeah. the start. I think it was Chelsea game. He got a bad injury, right? Chelsea yeah. United. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was Chelsea. It's Chelsea. Yeah, and I also think that um, if there's a big bid for Reese Nelson, who I think is a, a, a top young talent, I think that will sell there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and you, th- so you think, um, and you, you said you think Gwendozi because he was trying to show some conciliation, I think, in his, his social media. Uh, the other day by saying, you know, back back to Arsenal now, like <laughs> you know, back to my my home, you know, club I love. Um, but you think there's no that that's that's done. Uh, he, no, I think I think that bridge is well. I think the bridge has been well and truly burned. I, I, and are you I allowed to say why, or do you know why? It's what? like everybody thinks that it's the Neil Mope thing, but it's it's consistent bad behaviour. He's not very. Yeah. Um, He's not replaced. Is, 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 is that like an off the pitch thing, or is it also just on the pitch being ill disciplined and not listening to tactics stuff like that? I don't know. I, I I think the I think I think that it's probably a combination. I, I think it's a combination of two things. Firstly, mm. I think that he's got a very. I think maybe his reputation precedes him. I think that yeah. you know the that French football magazine listed him in the top three uh, teenagers in world football with a, a price tag of what 60 67 million or something. Yeah. So, I think he's got a massive reputation and I don't think that his performances quite merit that reputation. I think the Arsenal need to get some cash in the door and he has been unpleasant and mm. you know, I've uh, been hearing whispers about him since um since before December last year that he's not very pleasant to the staff doesn't have a particularly yeah. great reputation. And you just got to watch the videos of him. He's just like a bit of a, you know, comes across as a dumb, a a dumb teenager. Jerk. Yeah. And a jerk. I, yeah. And I think that, um, I don't think that you can afford to carry that sort of ego and that sort of behavior. Like if you're, if you're trying to build a high performance culture, you have to have high performance players and high performance mm. in professional football these days is your attitude, right? Messi yeah. is not problematic. You know, he might need a mm. um, different type of attention, but he's not problematic. He gives it his all uh, and he plays the game. And, uh, you know, top professionals are not yeah. dickheads anymore. I mean, like, you know, you, you, you obviously get problems, but uh, everybody's focused. I just think that if you're like, shit, man, like getting this many problems for someone that doesn't even have a reputation in the game. And then yeah. you look at Saka, you know, God-fearing, um, like highly educated, um, like brilliant brilliant young player who's a role model yeah. never causes yeah. any problems and he's twice the player Gwendozi is you know yeah, yeah. and then Gwendozi's out there you know I, like I, I don't I don't think I don't think sledging players is is a problem but mm. I, I do I do think that when someone like David Luiz says you should apologize and you're 19 years old or 20 years old or whatever it is you should fucking apologize yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, that's a legend of the game. Like Martinelli, completely in awe of him. Like Gabriel, completely in awe of him. And then mm. uh, Guendozi doesn't want to 
doesn't want to play ball. I thought, also thought it was quite funny. Did you see the Instagram post of that Gwendozi was the under twenty one captain and Pepe yeah. wrote underneath captain like laughing face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's not like when you're when you're getting when you're getting bantered like that on your Instagram feed. Yeah, it tells you all that. you need to know. But I, yeah. I think the problem is that, like, well, it's. I don't know what's going on with transfers. I don't know who's interested and who's not. But like, when you don't have a lot of money to spend, mm. do you take a gamble on a twenty-year-old that's got bad reports from his last two clubs, and yeah. you know, bad reports from the last two managers? I I yeah. don't I don't know I I don't know where but you know he's talented and he's young and you know some of his statistics are, are, are fantastic so maybe someone will take take a chance but it's got to be a manager like Simeone because I was going to say so now we've driven down his price completely who do you think is going to who I mean is there any other there's, would weren't PSG interested again that Leonardo was talking about maybe um, well Thomas Tuchel came out and said uh, no. Janinho of Lyon came out and said he's not the sort of profile of player we're looking at, whether that's from mm. a personality perspective or whether that's from a playing perspective, I don't know. And then, you know, you've did it is Guendosi gonna want to go and play for Villarreal or does he think he's a little bit above that? Um mm. not sure that even he would want to go and play under Unai Emery again. And and yeah. then you start to wonder who's gonna pick him up. And I guess that might be why he's being a little bit more um, you know, showing that conciliatory behaviour because he doesn't have a lot of options. No, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So what the one, the the other one I was going to just ask about. I, I don't know if you'd seen. I've heard rumours of some loans for like Willock and Reese Nelson and um, who's the other one? Was it Eddie? No, not Eddie. Uh, Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe. That's it. Yeah. I don't know if uh, I would. I, would under, I think Willock definitely needs a loan. I think I can't see. I think Reese Nelson might struggle to get game time, but it, I think Smith Rowe maybe could come come back and do the Willock role. Um, uh, the sort of bring him on late to you know with tired legs around. He seems like he's he might have, be better on the ball than than Willock. But um, yeah, quite interesting, sure. isn't it? That Willock is um, has such a good reputation with all of the coaches. Freddie loved mm. him. Emery really liked him. Arteta yeah. seems to like him. Doesn't seem to do it on the pitch though, right? Yeah, he he would. I remember it. This was at the start of last season where he was in the friendly game. So I think we played Barcelona, but he looks outstanding, and he was sort of everyone's big hope. Um, but I, he just hasn't kicked on in a way. I definitely certainly not in the way Saka has, but also Maitland-Niles, and I think Reese Nelson has actually and and Ed, it's, well, all of them basically. I think he's probably progressed the least out of, out of all those guys. Um, so maybe he does need some some ice to build his confidence up. Yeah, I think he'd be a, a great signing for a team like Palace mm. or um, or a Brighton. You know, yeah, yeah. under Potter, I think that you know, I think at Palace they would probably quite like his creativity. I know that they've uh, that they've been trying to lower the the age profile of the squad this yeah. summer, and he's you know, I think he's a good player. And then Brighton, a team that's really yeah. struggled for goals, I think the you know, he would offer something there and he would, you know, he's Potter's a very technical manager like Arteta. So, um, you know, that would be good for his education. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, uh, watching him for another season struggle, 
I don't think it's going to be good for his development. I wonder, no. but I do wonder whether Smith Rowe is going to get um, an, an opportunity. He did a good job at Huddersfield. He looks fit. Yeah. Um, he looks ready. I, I would, I would, I would love to see that. Yeah. The, the, the last one I was just going to ask you about. Um, my favourite subject is is Messer. Um, not because I don't think he's obviously not going anywhere, but I just thought it was quite funny. He was doing his, you know, he's, he's if he put as much time in his training as he puts into a social media game, he would be starting every week, I think. But he was doing his Ask Messer. I know, Q&A, I saw it, yeah. Where he said he's like, I'm fit and ready, ready to go. And then he didn't even get in the squad again. Um, yeah. Just... I, 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 I wondered whether he, you know, he was going to make one last gasp, try for it. I mean, the interesting thing now is the press aren't even asking about him. Yeah. You know, the, the I, I watch all of the press conferences now. Beanie Man Sports is my go-to when I'm sitting on that ex- exercise bike to um, yeah. to defat myself. And the after every every game and every pre-game press conference last season, mezzet, 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 mezzet. Now the press aren't really asking. And I know that there's a, a core base of of mezzet fans. But mm. I I don't think that there's the same sort of you know meza misunderstood um, vibes that there once were. I think that it's like yeah. you know if you have problems with Emery, you have problems with Freddie Lundberg, and you're having problems with Arteta, there comes a point where you just got to look at yourself. The thing that I yeah. wondered though is you know he's played you know Andy Carroll's got more assists than him. Andy Carroll got more assists than him last season than Meza's had in two two years. Like does there, does there come a point where it's like shit, man? I'm, I I am I am really rusty, and I need to have a future after Arsenal. Mm. And I know I know someone will pick him up, but there's a a big difference between you know from getting picked up a eighty grand a week um, in the MLS and getting picked up for hundred and eighty grand a week at Inter Milan or yeah. PSG. Yeah. And I I I, I just. I, I, I just I, I wonder what he's going to do. I mean, there, there, there was talks that he was going to go to to play in Washington, and I, I don't think I, I don't think they can get anywhere near three hundred and fifty grand a week. So the, the the finances aren't going to help there. But it's like who's who's gonna who's gonna touch him? Maybe 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 into Miami. They just picked up Higuain. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it. Um, I, I don't think his future looks very good. And it, like, really, you know, Meza Özil wants to continue playing at the top, and I, I don't think he's going to get a, a top club. It's he's almost vengifying himself, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, he's, yeah. he's so stubborn about um, you know trying to make it work at Arsenal, and he's uh, you know it's going to be to the detriment of his career. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um, but I, I think the club are going to go after Awa. I think that that's the primary candidate. I think that they want what uh, more? You think him ahead of party? Ah, uh, yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think the the absolute priority is creativity in midfield, because you know on the on the on the face of it, defense isn't a major problem for Arsenal at the moment. No. Like a six is a, a six is more of a luxury, and I also think that you know someone made the, a great point on on the blog. If you're Arsenal and you've got 50 million to spend, you're probably going to put it firstly into a player that could return 100 million in two seasons' time. And a 22-year-old Awar is going to have a long-term value, whereas signing a Thomas Partey for 43 million, like Mm. we are taking his best years, like which is why I think he'd be an incredible signing. 
But um, yeah. I, I think that the priority will be Awa. I think that you know, Pep, Pep Guardiola said he's a fantastic player. Um, so it's clear that Arteta's had eyes on him for way longer than the six months that he's been at Arsenal. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just watched a little bit of his fancy footwork um, in the Lyon game yesterday um, in his recovery mm. match from COVID. And, you know, this little jink in the box and he hit the post, but he's he's got like Santy feet. He's got Santy feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, he, I mean, he'd be so exciting. It'd, it'd still feel like... I, the, the reason it would be nice to get both is because then you'd feel we could move to a, you know, four at the back. Um and perhaps, you know, a, a midfielder party, Oar and, and Jacker would feel like it have actually has a quite a nice balance to it. Um and, you know, a lot a lot of energy and, and, and more mobility than, than we currently have at the moment, which is why both would be good. But um yeah, what well, would be uh, would be pretty exciting. I was gonna say I was just a, a sort of not a transfer thing, but just a general observation. So this must since I've since we sort of have started talking about Arsenal, I think this must be the happiest you've ever been with the club. So I remember when we used to go in, was it 08 or 09? And I was still quite, was it, or was it later? Maybe it was 10, 11. I was still quite upbeat on everything. And <laughs> you used to, used to tell me, you know, you hear these things about Wenger and stuff like that. And then by, by 11, 12, I was sort of with you. Um, and you remember that sort of hope we had, you know, obviously when, when Wenger left and it felt like, you know, a new, a new start, a chance to, you know, really modernise the club. And then we went down this sort of disastrous route with Emery. We got rid of Emery, we got, we got a quality manager, but then we still had um, Ra- big Dom Raul um, doing, his, doing his stuff. So I was going to say, is this now, you must be like, are you feeling pretty good? Yeah, man, I, I'm feeling uh, incredibly good about Arsenal. I still think that, like, there are, there are problems I think mm. there are a potential problems. Like I, I thought the, I thought the promotion of Arteta to manager, like fine. I think the, he's obviously doing a lot of stuff. He's the, the the rock star at the club right now. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I you know, after Vinay has just come out of a dual leadership disaster with Raul, I thought it was yeah. a bit weird that he would immediately, you know, enact a, a similar sort of setup with um edu and arteta mm. now I, i've i don't hear great things about edu so you know my guess is that um this is to to maybe soften the the, the challenge that you've got there but um outside that i mean we've got like everything that i want wanted out of arsenal we're doing i mean mm. I think that we're doing some interesting things with the academy. Like I love Per Mertesacker. Um, I love that mm. he's a you know he he's a bit like Nagelsmann in the sense that they're you know, very focused on like the the mentality of the young players coming through. And it sounds like yeah. you know he and Edu have done some interesting things there. We've got uh, a generational coach, in my opinion. I think Mikel Arteta is one of the best young coaches in the world, and I think that he's you know completely transformed the feeling around the club. And, you know, you're hearing that with all the noises that are coming out from the players and you're seeing professionals from other clubs looking in at Arsenal and being very excited and we're getting results on the pitch. And um, whether Edu is the technical director we dreamed Mm. of, like, who knows? But look, getting rid of all of those scouts uh, that that oversaw Jacker, Mustafi and, you know, Mm. Perez... I think it's a great move i like the idea that now we've gone from a contact-based club seven months ago which was fucking disastrous 
Mm. Now, now we're looking like we're a, we're a data focused club and we want to embrace technology. And Edu, you know, he did say some really interesting things in that interview. Like one of his points was, you know, he wants a small team that he's talking to. He wants everybody to know his boss. And I think that, you know, he's going to, there's a lot of good people at Arsenal. And I think yeah. that Edu recognizes that um, because, you know, like he's, he doesn't seem like a massive ego Um you know, like a Ralph Ranick is a is a micromanager sort of guy. Like you can hear yeah. it in the way that he speaks about he's set up over there. Um, like Edu seems a little bit more hands off, and yeah. he seems like he's more into empowering talent to give us an edge. And that's and that's yeah. a, that you know let's let's see how that rolls. But like we are now looking like a modern club. Like you know whether we'll get to the level of Liverpool, completely different question. But at least we're on the same path as them. Yeah. And oh, good. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't been like that for years. Like when you, when you watch Arsenal now, yeah, you immediately know what we're doing, right? You immediately know what's going on in the pitch. You're like, wow, this is clever. This is interesting. And I completely understand every decision that has been yeah. made there. And additionally, the other thing that's quite nice, and you know, you and I have spoken a lot about Arsene Wenger decisions, spoken a lot about Emery decision. We're now in a situation where it's like, where fans, instead of going, that is a fucking awful decision. Fans mm. are saying, we sold Martinez, but I trust the coaching staff that if they're looking yeah. at him every day, they've, they've, probably, they've probably got a better insight than us. And yeah. we haven't been able to say the manager knows since Arsene Wenger way back when, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And trust it's nice. Yeah, you, you don't, like Liverpool fans don't react badly to decisions they don't understand that Klopp makes because he's built trust um mm. you know Jose Mourinho used to have um have that trust Pep Guardiola has that trust they make decisions and they might not seem uh, logical on the face of it but you know that there's some sort of thought behind it and now yeah. there's the thought behind everything that Arsenal do and yeah I'm I'm, I'm over the moon um and I you know I hope it works um still a big mm. risk that, that it doesn't but it, it you know it it look it looks like we're in good shape and it looks like we're in better shape than some of our competitors you know spurs just yeah. lost today oh uh, beautiful yeah the uh, J- jose Mourinho spurs does not look appetizing or appealing and just watching that spurs documentary which i love um i need to watch it. i haven't seen it I, he in the bits i have seen i have to say he does come across better than i thought he would um i thought it'd just be insufferable and awful but he see, he seems okay yeah, but you know that he's doing, you know, he, his sort of vision of that documentary is to come across as a lovable rogue. And oh, it's PR. It's, yeah, it's very, it's very, um, it feels very focused on softening the edges around his persona because, you know, it took him a long time to get a job and that upset him. Mm. So I think that it's almost like uh, putting himself in the shop window that he can be trusted with an actual big club. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, he he's, you know, laughing and joking with the players one minute and then he's in front of 25 people. He will single out Serge Aurier and say, you know, I don't trust you. I think you're going to I think that there's every chance that you'll give away a penalty in this game or he'll walk over, you know, he'll say, uh, Delhi, you know, you're a lazy fucking guy in training. And I just don't think that young people deal well with that. Yeah, I, I just, no. I, you know. I think the like our generation 
we tolerated it a little bit. You know, the people that were above us in organizations yeah, yeah, could yeah. say stuff and you'd let it go. I don't think yeah. the generation coming through now reacts well to being chewed out in a meeting like that and being called fucking lazy. And well, the footballers are in control as well, aren't they? You know, they're, yeah. they're the ones with the power now. Yeah, so um, it'd be interesting. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that that's going to go well. I'm not sure that Carlo Ancelotti is really going to turn around Everton, even though you know they did they look did really look good. good. They did they, look good. Their midfield look good. I I need the Spurs Mourinho implosions happen this season. We we need we all need it as Arsenal fans. I think um, it's it's long overdue, even though he's only been there a year. Um, but, but it's interesting. It Daniel Levy, um, he basically said, you know, we got lucky with Pochettino. Uh, and they were like, why did you hire Mourinho? And he's like, it, it's because he's starstruck. He said, there are two great coaches in in the league, and one one was a, 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 you know one of the other clubs, I don't know whether he meant Klopp, and the other one is Jose Mourinho. So he's, he's not, there's no analysis that really went behind hiring Mourinho, because if you did the analysis, it wouldn't look good. He's just no. hired Mourinho because he's a bit, bit of a, you know, bit of a teenager like, fawning mm. yeah so it's um I, mm. I i i really hope that we get a big implosion there and he's, he's oh, so expensive good. as well i don't know whether they'll be able to sack yeah. him straight away they're going to really struggle which means you know really hope that they bring back tim sherwood get tim sherwood a, back <laughs> please get him back yeah tim, oh. tim sherwood's on a do you get the soccer saturday nod i did it oh gosh yeah, I thought they were gonna. They got. I thought they were gonna reshape it to have like a more modern vibe, and they've got. They, <laughs> who, do they, we, who should we get for that? Yeah, Tim. Clinton Morrison, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Tim Sherwood, and Tony Pulis. Oh God, it's Pulis on it. Yeah, Pulis is oh. on it. Oh, I mean, he was on it. He was on it this Saturday. Um, oh my yeah, and Paddy Power picked up the Tizier, um and the, yeah. and, the, and the gang that were that were moved on. So yeah. Well, was, anyway, that was a long-winded say, way of saying yeah. I'm very positive about the season. I think we're. Yeah. I don't. I think. I think we will challenge for top four, regardless of who we sign. Um, but I think if we sign Awar and Party, I think that we significantly improve our chances. And I also think that will put us in contention for the title the year after. That's my prediction. Wow. I. I look, you were you sort of called it right about Arteta, and I. You know, I. Based on what I've seen, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think it's worth remembering, guys, this is the start of his first full season now. You know, he's not done a full season and he's already won a trophy. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. We get get OR in and then let's go again. Yeah, I think the, an interesting thing will be like how the fan base reacts because there's going to be three games on the bounce that we lose. There's going to be some yeah. shitty performances. There's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be injuries and problems because he is a, a very junior manager. But I yeah. think the the talent's there. I think that he's made some fantastic hires. And yeah. the most important thing for Arteta this season is momentum. And if we're in spitting yeah. distance of top four at Christmas, um, we're in really good shape. If we're in spitting distance of top four in March, then it's all to play for because that back end, those last 10 games are very, very doable for Arsenal. Yeah, 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 definitely. Great. All right, mate. Well, um, thank you for joining. Um, why? I, you've got an iPhone. Did you add a five-star rating to the podcast? Uh, I did, but it turns out I can only do it once. I can't just keep repeatedly adding five star ratings. It's unfortunate. Some... I can't. I, it's like literally rigging the election. But so... there's no reason why the people shouldn't try and repeatedly give five star ratings. Someone added actually... a one star, and said what that they added a one star because one episode they didn't like, and I was just like, man, this is was like that one with me. 
it were no no it wasn't it was with somebody else uh, uh, oh, well, it's just care. just unfair it's like trip it's like right. you know getting done on a trip advisor thing if you're going to give one star just don't do it just go outside and go for a walk yeah just just shake it off there's no need to yeah. there's no need to ruin my my podcast no, vibes this is it this is and also I, did you you didn't compliment uh the new site design oh sorry no i did see it it's, it's very nice i do like it and then you've got a new sort of twitter graphic new twitter graphic like, roboto yeah. slab is the font i've got a new arsenal opinion it's uh it's a white it's a, it's a white design for the arsenal opinion uh, a oh, new cool. newsletter you can subscribe via mailchimp on the website um everything oh. is refreshed it's mobile um it's responsive design so the comments should just flow really easy uh, yeah. got new rules and regulations because some people come onto the website and say disgusting things so we've got to put a stop to that <laughs> and uh okay. yeah overall it's an exciting time to 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 be around the grove a fresh lick of paint for the club and a fresh lick of paint for the blog well look it's like like Arteta right just come in new management well it's not it's the same management but you know a new feel a new feel uh, some uh, add yeah. some special sauce that's what yeah. I've done great stuff okay mate all right well thank you for joining um and we'll hopefully get you back next week okay man ciao for now peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events exclusive originals and the latest movies this february we've got super bowl 56 and the 2022 winter olympics Peacock Original Bel Air from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock, Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.